Clean contact. I'd hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Welcome back to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes, and here for part, I guess this is technically part one of The Golf with, with the godfather of golf, Peter Donahue, is, is Peter Donahue. Well, thank right. you. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad to be here in part one or two or whatever. It's all right. Um, the people will find, they'll figure it out. You know, I think <laughs> they upload in order. Um, last, um, our, in our last episode, I remember I said that one of the things that inspired kind of this series was a, a book by printer bowler called the cosmic laws of golf. But now I'm seeing, as I look through my notes here of, of really this, this first part, it's, um, in, in part because of, because of you, um, and you've, you've written in, in some of our staff meetings and, um, You've drawn a triangle, and, and the three words were awake, alert, and asleep. Um, I guess, can you, can you say where that came from? Well, I would say, gee, I wish I could. Um, <laughs> it's okay uh, if not. I know, yeah, just like... I mean, I think that, um, uh, you know, once I uh, grew up, uh, grew through my 20s as a, a confused uh, young man, you know, seeking the truth as, as guys in their 20s, uh, do, um, I sought out uh, different kinds of training uh, in, con- in relating to consciousness and how we operate. And so I'm sure I found it in one of those thing, one of those uh, workshops. And it, um, you know, simply refers to the fact that uh, that in our uh, attention. Um, We've only got so much room in our uh, attention space in our brain, uh, and um, and so we can't be alert uh, to everything that goes on around us. So uh, those things that we're not really paying attention to, you could say that we're not really um, we're kind of asleep right. as it relates to them, and uh, and and being. Um, you know, alert on the other end of that uh, is is kind of is that experience. I think Andy that you uh, described in playing at uh, North Berwick, and that is that you you had great awareness of things that were uh, occurring around you, and you um, and you were open and without judgment, and so uh, you actually um, had more connection to people. Sure and places around you mm-hmm. yeah so one one day you know it might have been a couple of weeks ago when you were um you know after talking about this at one of our staff meetings um i went home and i read this book called just this by um this franciscan monk called richard Rohr. i don't know if he's a monk i don't know he's friends from the franciscan novitiate or whatever you would call that um but he he wrote and he, he pointed out he said like in the garden of gethsemane like the last words um, at least in the book of Mark in the Bible that Jesus spoke to his apostles, he said, stay awake. And he says it twice. He says, stay awake, stay awake. So th- like the final words that Jesus speaks is stay awake. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And he says, he goes on to say like the Buddha, uh, that Buddha means I am awake. So kind of these, these ancient 
you know, religions are teaching to be awake. Um, he goes on to write and he says that, um, he says the great task of religion is to keep you fully awake, alert, and conscious. And that if you can be present, you will experience what most of us mean by God and you do not even need to call it God. So that's kind of my connection to, to golf, I guess, in some way that like, if you can't, that, that in golf and in, I guess, in our, our jobs and, um, in life that, that these people are making connections between, um, when you're awake, you will experience kind of something, you know, Richard Rohr would call it God. Um, not, but he says, if you don't want to call it God, you don't have to, that's fine. You could call it, you know, enlightenment, presence, universe, you know, joy, whatever, whatever that kind of filler word, it's, it's whatever it is, even if it's the word God, it's just a metaphor for this great unknown anyway. So don't get too hung up on the names. Um, I mean, uh, in tin, the movie Tin Cup, um, he, he, Roy Mack, you know, Kevin Costner's character describes like the feeling of a shot as a, um, a tuning fork going off in your heart, which like, I mean, really like raised up in an evangelical church. They tell you, ask Jesus into your heart over and over and over again. And so like, how, how much more similar do you want to get <laughs> as far as, uh, what, what golf and religion kind of are doing? Um, and so again, with all of these, we could say we're making too much of it, but, but for, I mean, I guess this is this is our podcast. We can do what we want. Right? So you can listen to the next one if you don't want to, but, but we're just going to kind of like run with this idea that like, if you can be present, if you can be awake, that you'll experience, I guess, something like beyond the ordinary. Right. Um, and I just think I, I kind of made a list of, of all the different ways that it's easy to be asleep in golf. Um, but I, I'm curious before I kind of share some of these, do you have any, uh, when you see when you see kind of like the typical golfer who you would describe as being asleep, like what what comes to mind? Well, I think um, I think that their preoccupations with um, uh, with their uh, I was with a, a student uh, recently and. Um, and there was all kinds of, uh, with every single swing, there were judgments and theories, you know, mm-hmm. and questions about, you know, what just happened. And um, and then there were uh, cliches and, uh, you know, it was just, it was a sprinkling of, uh, of just kind of nonsensical stuff that was kind of funny to me. It was like, it was like, it was just a chatty Kathy doll, you so, know, which is this like, Oh, they, they hit one shot and they're like, Oh, I did. I flipped my wrist that time. And then they hit again. It's like, oh, I didn't, didn't get my weight forward. And yeah. it's like, well, well maybe, but like, yeah. yeah. And then there was a good one. Yeah. And then, uh, instead of acknowledging the good one, it was, it was, uh, couched in, well, you see, that's me. I'm just so inconsistent. <laughs> and so, so there wasn't any, uh, there wasn't gaining anything from from the experience. There was no growth going on. It was just a reliving of this script that went on over and over again. It might as well have been one of those uh, roles that they used to put into uh, stand-up player pianos and just, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> play this role sure. and the thing just mm-hmm. goes on and plays this tune. And and I, I would say it's that. I would say that, that when you're asleep in golf... Uh, that you've developed some sort of persona which is made up of uh, all manner of beliefs and uh, and you just play this it's groundhog day 
you're just playing the same round over and over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) It never, never, never really changes because, you know, even if you've got something good going, if you believe that, you know, in the end something will happen, well, something will happen. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, I would, one of my kind of people, you know, stereotypical people who are asleep is like, I don't know, no offense, but the magazine golf digest and anyone who re- this was, you know, this was me at some point where you get the golf digest and it says, or this could be, you know, things you see on the internet or, you know, anywhere where it's like Bryson gained 10 yards with this one move and you like read about it and you're like, Oh, I can I'll do that. And then you like, you're just like, you don't even go practice the next round, you know, on the first tee you're thinking about Bryson's move and you're like, yeah, this is going to be the thing. And maybe it actually works a little bit and you tell people like, I, I did this, it worked. And then, you know, tomorrow, of course, it just doesn't work because you didn't build any awareness or any awake. You know, you're just kind of being strung along by all these different things that that they they say to you. And you know, next month the the tip is actually like opposite. You know, <laughs> one month it's keep your weight centered to use the ground effectively. The other is like let's get the weight shifting back and forth. And get light on your feet. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like okay, you're you're really contradicting yourself. Um, another, and I guess this is. Maybe this isn't, um, I hope people don't, you know, you can find a way to laugh in that we all were, you know, were these people at, at some point in our lives of like, I've been that golf digest person. I've been a person who, um, like, uh, if I've put, if I put bad for two or three rounds, like I, I need a new putter. It's not. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, you know, I wasn't trained. I mean, it's partially like I wasn't trained how to practice or, or different things like that. Or I wasn't shown the value of like, hey, if you, your putting's not great one round, like just go work on it. Like that seems like the obvious thing to do. But <laughs> for some reason, it's like, well, maybe just a new putter because you get a new putter and it like something about the new club feels, you know, feels good. And you're like, oh, this I can, you know, make things with this and you can for one round and then you get used to it. And so that happened, you know, over and over and over. Um you mentioned last, um, the last podcast, how people, uh, there's something in, in the thought that the value or like what golf is, is the, um, I guess, yeah, what golf, the difference between, um, what golf and what the golf is that, that, um, golf has a tendency to see the, the professional players as the only, or as like the ultimate pinnacle of the sport or the game or how you'd experience it. Um, and I was thinking, I've been watching lots of Jordan Spieth lately, kind of in his, you know, comeback where he's in contention. He's on Sundays, and it's it's exciting to watch because you know he just he seems like just a complete nutcase and hits the ball all over the place. And um, but but something I I I noticed with him in a way I would kind of describe, you know, obviously Jordan Spieth doesn't care what I think about him, but uh, ways that that he would seem what I would call like asleep or a way that he plays golf as opposed to the golf is that he he hits his tee shot into some crazy spot and he's got hunt that's just like 190 yards to the pin he's got to hook it around a tree and it's like it's like really crazy hard shot to do but he somehow like pulls it off and it's like flying to the pin and it it like lands right next to the hole and just like slowly trickles over the green and then they go to the shot of him and he's like complaining he's like oh it didn't bite and it's like he, he didn't have the awareness that he just had it was in like a really impossible situation you know what i mean he's like trying to um like 
what like you actually thought you could make this or you know like a or the the 50 foot putt that comes up like an inch short and then it's like he's down on his knees and it's like oh like there's a one percent chance of making that putt anyway like why are you like so strung along by by that result or that outcome um something in uh maybe kind of the last person that i see i guess i see a bit in my lessons where um the have you seen the the movie Fight Club? No, well, maybe not. I, I don't, don't know. Think it's so. Brad Pitt and Edward Snowden, but uh, it's literally about people who kind of like fight in the basement. I don't know. They like yeah. start a Fight Club, yeah. and uh, one of the, the things the guys in it, Tyler Durden, says like he's like just just hit me as hard as you can, and like as a quote from the movie. And so I think there's lots of people who play golf uh, the way Ty- <laughs> Tyler Durden would, right? Where it's like every single swing. It's gonna just. I'm gonna hit this as hard as I can, and that's just a way of. I don't know. I'd say of being being asleep, a little bit. Well, I would say I would say uh, I would agree with you from the standpoint of what's available. Uh, you know, in, as far as experiential richness. Um, you know, if you're if if what you're going for, like you say, is just to knock the ever loving tar out of it every time you you swing at it. I think well, the first thing I think is, well, maybe I ought to, you know, just consider that for a second and say, you know, uh, and try it. You know, next time I go out, just just fire everything as absolutely as hard as I can because it's been many years since I've – maybe there's something richly satisfying about it. But uh, but uh, on the other hand, I've never played um, – by the time – speed golf got to be a thing i couldn't run anymore <laughs> so 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 i had not experienced that either but uh i would say uh i would say that as far as uh spieth is concerned you know uh ben crenshaw was the same way i mean crenshaw you know would hit these hundred foot putts that would curl and go around and he'd you know they'd lip out and 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 he was always uh, on his knees or or it looked like he was whining or crying, mm-hmm. but I think it was just, uh, you know, uh, as I, as I thought about Crenshaw in later years, you know, it was just this, uh, intense connection that he had. And really the hole is only four and a quarter inches, you know, in diameter. And so, uh, I think we all know that there's a certain amount of luck involved, you know, if you're a hundred feet away or 80 or 50 or 30 or whatever it is that, mm-hmm you know, that it might miss. And mm-hmm. so, um, so there may be something in the, in the, in the psyches of, you know, really high performers that was in like an Arnold Palmer where Arnold never took responsibility, you know, it was always, why did you give me that club? Or, you know, mm-hmm. what was this? And, um, and, uh, and so it may be, a, a you know, maybe a high performance thing with some guys that they, or, or we just don't understand. We Could see, be, yeah. we see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like the cat that's screeching. You know, he may be saying hello, welcome, and mm-hmm. but it sounds so whiny mm-hmm. and sounds so awful. Mm-hmm. You know that you, we 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 actually don't understand what their meaning really is, and so maybe that's it. Yeah, and we wouldn't know unless we could actually talk to them. But you would imagine, like, if we're talking about someone who's playing you know golf like the the obvious parts of golf the conditional parts of golf versus like the golf it seems that 
like whining over a missed hundred foot putt is not, you know, experiencing some higher sense of self or or the world. No. You would expect that there would be a roar of of laughter and yeah. uh, and and, and ballyhooing and and, yeah. uh, and and all kinds of stuff for for a guy like you know. It would be a perfect jumping off point for a bunch of guys, you know, razzing each other and like, you know, I got, mm-hmm. my God, I got screwed there. But you know, <laughs> you know, it's just a bunch of bravado and bullshit. Yeah. And so, but you see it often in, I guess, like maybe it's more adult, like adult beginner lessons where not beginner, but like newer to the game, where it's like they, let's say, we're hitting driver and they're just like topping driver after driver after driver, and then maybe on like the tenth one they finally hit one high and far out there, but like it goes to the right. And what they say is like, well, it went to the right that time. It's like, well, that's like, you know, you have to explain, like we only go one step at a time. Like you just almost missed the ball nine times in a row. Like, why are you worried about it going to the right? Um, But there's something in that, like that's there for everyone at kind of at all levels of, of the game. I think, I think that's why, uh, you know, it, um, you know, golf is and should be a mirror. Yeah. I mean, it should be. You should. There are certain lessons that you should absolutely uh, uh, audio tape or videotape mm-hmm. so that people can see, you know, who they are because they really uh, they don't know. They can't see it. They really think that um, that this is new life that's occurring. And what it is is Groundhog Day. You know, I mean, they're just bringing their same kit and they're setting. It's like setting up a show, yeah. like a sideshow in a in a carnival. Like, hey, this is what I do. You know, yeah. I come in and I and I'm this really lunk-headed learner. I don't learn anything from my experiences because I have a I have a meaning that I automatically stamp on top of the experiences that I have. So no matter what happens, I can always just label them as, see, I never catch a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it never works out and, for me. Yeah, and it's so obvious that that's not, like, if you're having those excuses or those descriptions of what's happening to you, you're not even close to staying present because you're having all the, your your reaction is has already established, you know, like before the before the moment is is even there. Um I have another student every time they play bad he says something's like is in like he's hurt. Like, oh my my head's just killing me today. And so <laughs> finally this last lesson I told I called him out. I was like your head like your head's fine. Like every, whenever you play bad, like you, this like something seems to come up and um I was like even if your head is bad, like it's let's practice playing golf with a hurt head. Like there's different ways to kind of see some of these things um, and what's out there. But it's so, um, I don't know. What is it? Like, what is it? Why, why is it so easy or so hard to stay, I don't know, stay present or stay awake, I guess, especially in golf? Well, uh, you know, it's a very, it's a good question. I mean, I don't have, uh, I think, I think that the, propensity the the tendency for for golfers is to be living their story of of yeah. athletics mm-hmm. of uh life as it currently seems to be off off the sure. golf course and so 
what gets played out is this is this other drama, uh, and it's either the you know like as it was in my case, you know, this unanswerable question, yeah, am I good enough, mm-hmm. or it's um, you know I uh, yeah, because you don't there aren't many other times in life where you could have like a you know real time feedback on like quote am I good enough right you know if it's your job like maybe you have a job performance once a year um or your salary could be that but that's not something that's like constantly changing whereas if you go play golf you can be like well let's let's figure out if i'm good enough today but um i think that's just a way of you know i guess not being awake um yeah yeah it's a way of of shutting yourself off you know to the possibilities because you you already know the the story that's going on here because you're uh, as as they said you, you're you're driving while looking in the rearview mirror mm. you know i mean <laughs> sure. your your life is is what's behind you yeah and so you're projecting that you know upon the future and mm. and you're creating these same same situations over and over again without any without uh, opening yourself up to the possibility that there's there, there's more that the outcome might be, you know, different from what you think it is, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's the, you know, that's the, the wonderful opportunity um, that's before us all the time, and we faced it, you know, in our in our own company this year, you know, when we went into, um, you know, the COVID uh, quarantine, uh, you know, a year ago, um, and uh, and I think that there was a tendency, you know, you could sometimes hear it in people's conversations that they, whatever they their beliefs were about life and about, you know, things always go wrong or I can't control things or, you know, how come life has to be so difficult, you know, and we're going to, you know, we may fail um, to um, and then shifted into you know more possibilities that that outcomes weren't necessarily for for written um you know forsworn whatever um you know that that we had a chance to actually change the story if we could um you know at that critical moment where we were standing at a crossroads you know see that there was there were more than one way to go. And I think that's what happens, you know, that's certainly what happened to me as a, as a youngster, young golfer coming along. I mean, I just couldn't finish, you know. I mean, no matter how good I was playing, those last three holes were just like, you know, I knew something bad was going to happen. And some days it didn't, but I always felt that, that was just lucky. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you know, I got to a place in my life where where I, I just acknowledged uh, I accepted, you know, that uh, this is this is what happened to me. This is what happens to me, you know, when I get to fifteen and sixteen mm-hmm. and seventeen, and that maybe today, you know, if um, if I could just uh, go up to the and play my shot with a clear mind instead of with a preoccupation, mm-hmm. uh, that that. I might be able to produce a good shot, and then perhaps if I I could produce another good shot by doing the same thing, and uh, 
And that's ultimately the way, you know, I got to change that yeah. is that, oh, you know, hey, I actually did it. Yeah. You know, I made my, the first time I might have only been able to do it on 16 and not on 17 and 18. But the fact that I did it on 16 and I acknowledged the victory, mm-hmm. despite not being able to post a good scorecard, that was a bit of a growth yeah. uh, in the mm-hmm. game for me. And that was the opening that I needed to uh, mm-hmm. to realize that that life was a, about growth and it wasn't about, you know, yeah. your, your score, or something. Yeah. yeah, or or just who you were, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm a loser, huh. or I'm a not finisher, I'm mm-hmm. a, you know, I'm a this or a that, and that that's what life is, and that that all of your experiences are just gonna validate that that idea about yourself, and that there isn't gonna be a chance to expand and grow. You know, I, th- I think a lot of people don't <laughs> don't realize that that's that's a that's actually a choice. Mm-hmm. I think once you realize that there's a choice, now you have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. I remember saying to a young man one day, you know, he used to I used to uh, hit these shots. He hit the the absolutely wildest shots I've ever seen in my life. They were legendarily wild. And he would, and we'd, we'd, you know, I'd coach him up, and then he'd hit this shot, and then he'd turn around, he'd look at me, and just, and say, "I'm so confused." Hmm. And I'd say, "Well, I guess it's not your fault then. <laughs> I mean, as long as you stay confused, mm. no one can ever blame you." Sure. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, are you? Well, I guess, I guess that's a safe place to stand. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to ever take responsibility for. Uh, for your screw ups, yeah. you know, yeah. So, so do you kind of say like a better way, or or an awake way to experience golf, or to experience the golf would be to, um, to do it, yeah, in a way where it's about growing. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. That it's not that that it's okay. We all have these certain, you know, thoughts or ideas we're, you know, predisposed to what, that like. Well, actually, it's only about the score. You know, I think that's a place a lot of people say where they like the people will say like, oh, I can enjoy golf without, you know, without the score mattering. I, you know, I don't think the score matters that much. But then ultimately, like they really care about the score, <laughs> you know, um, even if you tell them like we like uh, with our guys at North Park, we'll try to play like pract- play practice rounds for a tournament and try to be like, hey, to, like don't like don't keep score like hit shots like just go get to know the course get comfortable with this course but then you'll just hear afterwards in the van like yeah I shot 76 and it's like well, like that's like that like your that was that that somehow that's the only way they could see to approach the game is like by keeping keeping a score i um i love playing match play golf lately um but i found it it's like i haven't found Someone who will, I guess maybe Peter Lyon Weber did it, and I once, and maybe Jans. I don't know. There's not many people who I can play match play with who won't keep score at the same time. There's something like, it's like, hey, the holes, you either won the hole, let's go. You have an eight footer, it doesn't matter. Like, let's go. But like, no, they have to have to have it for their score. But I just think it'd be fun. It would be more fun if we were just there, like. Because when, when you're when you're playing for score, maybe at the same time you're playing match play, you're also secretly playing for like a story that you can tell to your friends in the future of like, well, if I if I can't tell people that I shot a seventy two today, this day has kind of less potential than 
you know it otherwise could have but um i think you're missing something i do i do too i do too but you know i i having a scorekeeper in my head uh you know i i i just acknowledge that he's there and uh there's not much I can do about it. And I, I also, I think, you know, over time, you start to, um, you know, you start to get hip to yourself about about that kind of stuff. I, I remember working with a guy when I first got into the golf business, and he he would absolutely light it up every time he went out in the evening mm-hmm. and played golf by himself. And then he'd and, and get into a, an assistance Illinois PGA tournament, and he'd shoot in the eighties or or worse, Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, but then he'd come back to do that. Well, I realized, you know, I've got, um, you know, I've got, uh, shoe boxes filled with scorecards, you know, from playing golf, you know, all over the world. And I, and the reason that I kept them was that they were all little like trophies and it was important to me, you know, uh, I think to have a, a scorecard from Pebble Beach or wherever that said 76 or 75 or 78 or whatever, you know, not 83, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. something like that. And um, and uh, so, I, you know, I just got socialized in, in, in the game yeah. to have that, that thing happen. But there's, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, going out and... And being able to, um, when I think about it now, I think about, well, write down whatever you want. Tell people whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did it feel? I mean, because that's what you want. That's what you want, you know. And so if you want that, take it. Take it for yourself, you know. Um, I mean, I wouldn't go promising people, you know, uh, that you could play to a two handicap if you've been (laughs) (laughs) calculating your handicap Mm -hmm. based on that. But... uh, but I, you know, take what you want out of the round, and and I think, like you say, ultimately match play, and and the idea that, uh, you know, what you ought to do at the end of the round is is think about your ten best plays, mm-hmm. and you know, make it be yeah. more about that. Plus, then the the honestly the things that you know you need to work on, mm-hmm. well, then, you know, that's a great takeaway. But there's this little. Uh, inside of me that there there's this little person that just wants that so i it's like giving him a yeah. sucker you know okay here you know here's your scorecard <laughs> go go over yeah. there but what i'm taking out of this round is you know these these things about it the experience of yeah i think i started doing this last year where whenever someone asked how i pl- or asked about a round of golf that i played or you know like where'd you play this weekend or whatever i would never say a score until like they at like they asked specifically and it's because it's, if you notice if you just pay attention to it anytime you say like to most people like how was you know how was your round yesterday be, ah 78 like it's the first like the first thing out of everyone's mouth is the the score and it's that that is defining that's like the only story they can tell about it. and that's such a i don't know it's such a boring story because who it's not like you think about if I told you this great story of how I shot a 68, it's not like you're going to go tell your friends and your wife, you're like, hey, Andy, you're, you're like, you and go see Marilyn, you guys are eating dinner, like, Andy shot a 68 yesterday. And like, <laughs> like, like, no, no one, we think that by shooting a good score, people will go like tell, tell grand stories about us, but they don't, they just forget. Like, no one thinks about us as much as we think about ourselves. Um, so, um, maybe, well, I, I, 
wrap this uh, part up with kind of have a little story. I've been thinking about Tiger Woods a lot lately. Um, you know, I guess he was just in this car accident, but um, before, I guess while he was still, you know, playing and stuff like that, uh, in, in the Tiger documentary that was on HBO, they sh- showed this, a Scott Van Pelt interview of him from like 1998, and they were asking him these questions just about his goals or what he wanted to do. And, and his the only thing he cared about was like breaking Jack Nicholas's record, like getting 19 majors. He's like, would you rather? He's like, would you rather have 100 wins or 19 majors? He's like, 19 majors. Would you rather have you know, uh, 19 majors and zero wins or a hundred wins and 17 majors. He's like 19 majors. Like that's the only thing that he cared about. And it's like, so, um, I mean, it's right off the bat. I, it's good to have goals and something you're searching for, but like he was not nowhere near the present, right? Like that's somehow for tiger that his, he, you know, only said and kept saying this over and over. His only goal was to win majors that like, if he didn't get to this, this milestone it would somehow be a failure right (laughs) and it's and you know everyone assumed he would blow way past jack's record you know when he had um i don't know by 2000 2008 he had what 14 yeah 14 through 2008 it's like how could he ever not not make it and you know he's probably not going to um yeah because you know he got injured he had scandals different things uh 2017 Masters dinner, he like told Jack Nicholas, like I don't think I'm gonna play again, because um, his back was too bad. Uh, which is like cr- that was the first time he ever. It seemed to me like was honest about like I might not, you know, I might not make it. Um, but then like he came, uh, um, and he's always and also in this time he was always like changing swing his swing and changing coaches and all these different things. Like so, I, you know, obviously it's hard to criticize Tiger Woods, but you would say. Maybe too often, a little bit. Like, and he, like, why would you win the Grand Slam and then decide you need to make your swing better, right? Like, um, you'd think like if you were, uh, like that's pretty good. Like, let's just stay here for a little bit. But he kept changing things, and you know, maybe it was to his detriment, maybe it wasn't. Um, but then he finally he came back, and as he came back, he this is like the first time he started winning without a swing coach at all, just kind of like on his own using his own what you know whatever knowledge belief trust in himself um and he won the masters and after the masters he um you know they're asking about jack's record or something and the quote he gave he said he said unfortunately tomorrow is never promised so i live in the present and enjoy the moment um which to me i think is like you know we talk about tiger having this hero's journey but uh, uh as far as growth and, and bettering yourself, that he, he kind of got to this this place where he can live for the present moment. Now, maybe he didn't get there until after the Masters win, but I would almost wonder and think that he got there, that like getting to that moment kind of like helped him with the comeback, that um, if he was living for the present, that kind of the result was that he was able to come back because he finally started you know, you just saw him smiling and interacting with fans and, and just kind of being a different person. That came before before any of the wins, um, you know, recently. De- I, I think I think you got it nailed. Yes, I, I think that's what happened. I, I You know, I think uh, before we close up, I, I listened to an uh, interview with Webb Simpson, 
you know, and you, you look at Webb, every time he comes out, he's, he's up uh, around the, you know, the yeah. leaderboard. And yet, you know, you watch his, his swing motion and you think about the shanks you've seen him hit. And so you know that he's a, a, a very human guy. They asked him the other day, you know, questions that you would expect uh, the golf world to ask him like what are your goals what are yeah. your you know your number of uh tournaments that you want to win and, uh, and finish in sure. the top 10 and all that stuff and he said you know i don't do that he said i really am just thinking about getting you know getting better mm -hmm. and and um and 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 growing and uh to look at somebody where you'd say Gee, this guy doesn't have what all these other guys do. How in the world can he be competing with these people? Sure. And and I think you see the strength, uh, you know, of that kind of a mindset that yeah. that you know it doesn't limit itself. It's taking advantage of every moment mm -hmm. because it's it's in what it, it it's focused on. What do I need to do right now? Yeah. And uh, and not um, off in some abstract. <laughs> Uh, world of the future or mm -hmm. regretting the past. Yeah, because um, there's, I mean, I'm not trying to say goals are bad, but um, like the actor Jim Carrey has a famous quote where he's like, I hope, I hope everyone could have all their dreams come true so they would see that they're not the answer. <laughs> Which, <laughs> he's someone who literally had all of his dreams, you know, financial, career, like they all came true and he found that they're not you know, the answer. And, and you think about whatever goal you had in golf, like whether it's breaking par for the first time, breaking 80 for the first time until you do it, it like is the thing that consumes, like once I can do this, that'll be, that'll be awesome. I'll feel so good about myself. But then whenever you do, or at least this has been my experience, whenever you do reach that milestone, it's like, like you don't care about it at all anymore. Um, and so I, it's like for Tiger, like his goal is 19, but like if he had got to 19, like he wouldn't, that wouldn't have Done. it's not like he's like all right i'm done like i'm satisfied with my life i can go do something it's like probably like well that wow that's that's it like because <laughs> um, other people you know other actors other you know sports people have had the same thing like tom brady wins the super bowl and in the next day he's like well it's, it's come back for the the next one it's like he can't even enjoy uh the you know it's it's already gone it's like okay we've done that let's move to the next one i was like well if you're carrying why would you invest so much time in something that you can't even enjoy for like 20 minutes i don't know um yeah well which is why you know uh that's why the uh the the sayings uh, about that always uh, emphasize that it's the journey yeah. because once you reach the end, you know, it's just the end. We've mm -hmm. got to begin a new journey. Yeah. And so realizing that it is a journey can, I think, help you stay awake and stay present because it's like, that's, that's what it is. Like that's the, the, where the value is. The value isn't ultimately in kind of the end. So um. that's, that is um, absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, it, it's the, it's the, the looking forward to the next desirable difficulty that you're going to face, you know, and that's, um, um, that's what we live for. Yeah. You know, that challenge meeting mm -hmm. that. Well, all right, Pete, I think this is a great place to stop. Um, we'll be back next time with part, I guess part two. Um, thanks. Yeah. thanks. Great. I'd hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you.
bombs. 